0: would encourage you to pray for the uh, safe house the school all that's going on down there Um, without them opening their doors and doing the orphanage slash safe house uh, these kids would either be on the streets or in untenable situations and so this is truly a safe house for them so we thank the Lord for our opportunity to uh, be involved in it I <clears throat> want to go back and, into um, Matthew 22 and I, I think I'm not promising anything but I think I'm going to be done today. I'm going to kind of cut it short a little bit in righteousness. Uh some of these things we've gone over but I um not everybody's been here so I want to just kind of go quickly through it. I got all the references and notes and stuff there. But um in Matthew 22 starting at verse 10 it said uh The parable that's there is that a king gave a, was giving a wedding feast for his son. And the um, people they invited didn't want to bother to come. And that uh, they refused, not only, you know, refused the invitation, but they uh, abused some of the people that were inviting and the king said, "These people were not worthy to come, weren't worthy to come." So they go out on the highway and hedges, get good, bad, ugly, whatever, and, and, and compel them to come in. I'm glad the king, the Lord, compels us lays hold of us yes, thank you, Lord. we saw what God does in a miraculous way there and that that his goodness was shed abroad to them and so um, again the Lord willing we will go back and look forward to ministering in the Bible Training Center. But with this, picking up in verse 10, it says, So those servants went out to the highway and gathered together, all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. And the king, having come to view, to to behold or to look at, uh, those uh, reclining, they didn't sit at a table. They reclined at a table. They had like uh, lounge chairs or lounge um, chairs. Basically, they lay down on their side and saw there a man not uh, clothed with the clothing of the marriage feast. And I explained to them last time was that the kings provided clothing for the marriage feast. They didn't have to go out and buy new clothes and so forth. The king provided some of his own clothing for all of the wedding we guests so that they they could be properly dressed for the wedding. And there was... Uh, there was a man that was not clothed with the, with the, with the marriage, uh, for the marriage feast. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou n- not hither? Uh, and that word not, there's different to the other one. The other one's just a negative. This one, there was a, uh, a conscious omission. He chose not to put on the wedding garment. Think and keep that in mind. He had a garment that was provided for him, and he chose not to put it on. And he was speechless; he, he could not say anything. And in Romans thirteen thirteen, it says, "Let us walk properly as in the day, not reveling, not drunk in drunkenness, not in lewdness, not in lust, not in strife and envy." But put on, the word put on means to clothe yourself with. It's like putting on a coat or putting on your clothes. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust of it. He's given us the clothing, the righteous clothing. He's taking up, if you can We've exchanged our sinful rags for robes of righteousness. Think about that. That's what's available to us. But it's our decision whether we put down the Lord Jesus Christ or not. We can be, please hear me, we can be saved, we can have our sins forgiven, but not choose to walk in the things of the Lord or just partially walk in the things of the Lord, whatever suits us, whatever whatever, uh, we fancy to want to do. Sometimes the righteousness requirements of the Lord go contradictory to the things that we want to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And we have a choice. We can put him on, or just partially clothe ourselves. It's up to us. Verse thirteen out of the Weymouth translator says, And the man stood speechless. And his servant said, Bind him hand and foot and put him out in outer darkness, outside the wedding feast. There's two other times in, in the book of Matthew, the term outer darkness is only found in Matthew. And by the way, the theme of Matthew is behold your king. So the Lord Jesus is presented as the king of Israel, the king of kings and Lord of lords. So what it really comes down to in the whole presentation of it is uh, the, uh, Vincent's uh, New, word, uh, New Testament word study says it's this. It's putting them outside the, where the wedding feast is held. Back in that time, the only place you had light was inside the building. Out, there were no street lights, there were no torches, no nothing. If you were outside, you were in dark. And so what he's saying there is, you have, it's not, it's not sending them to hell, it's just putting them outside of the presence of the king. And that was his choice or it was the result of his choice. Let's continue here. <coughs> Dropping down to Matthew, uh, chapter uh, 5, verse 3. We looked at this uh, last week also, or last time also. How happy are those who know their need for God. Blessed are the poor in spirit is what, in the King James, but Blessed are those who know their need for God. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. How much do we know we have a need for him? How much do we know how important it is to have him in our life? Or can we... we, Is the Lord Jesus our life or is it just something that we have added to our life? Someone we have added to our life. Lord, help us. One of the things I want us to do is really evaluate where we are with and in him. Because we can... Our salvation has, in fact secured us eternal life and heaven. But how we and how much we apply the life of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives depends on how we where we spend in the proximity to the Lord Jesus Christ. That'll make sense in a little bit. See, we've gone. Well, let's just go on. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see. It means to allow to see oneself, to be seen, to appear. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Watch me he states that the pure in heart has to do with the removal of all things, clean and unclean, so there is no competing interest apart from God. See? When we come to the Lord, the conviction of the Holy Spirit of our sins brings us to the point where we will repent from those. But there, there are things within our lives where we're not so bad. You know, I'm, I'm kind, I'm generous, I'm, you know. But what he's saying is that anything within our life whether we value it as good or bad, we need to lay it and give it to Him. Because that which is good within our life can hinder us from allowing the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to take root within our lives. Because, well, there's an area I don't need, the, I don't need God in that area. I'm already good there. Can you understand what I'm saying? God help us. See, if we're, we're a rank sinner... We know we have no goodness within us. But if it we're a religious sinner, we think, well, there's areas where I can use God's help. Whereas the reality is, what area can't he use God's help? Well, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews nine twenty-eight says, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. <clears throat> excuse me, and unto them that look for Him, patiently look, waiting for Him, shall He appear. Same word it was in uh, Matthew 5:8. Optimize to if we wait for Him, He will show up. The second time, without or apart from sin unto salvation, it's soteria, it's deliverance from the molestation of the enemy. That's, I speak with, weekly I speak with students that uh, in varying degrees love the Lord and varying degrees have whatever background and has become um, uh, very much aware of the Holy Spirit that all of them are in different levels and all of them have areas where they have not allowed the Lord Jesus to come in their life because they think they're all right there or there's things within our their lives that they can't release. They can't release some because of things done to them and so forth. They cannot release the perpetrator of that and forgive them. So therefore, they walk around in bondage and blindness because they want to hold them responsible more than they want God to release them They don't know that as long as they hold that person in in hatred, that binds them to that person. It binds them. That person, what you have done, you have yielded your control of your life to that person because they become the object of your life. Instead of allowing the Lord to be Well, the Lord controls my life except in that area. Well, then, then he doesn't really control your life. Well, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He will allow himself to be seen. How many want to see him? I want to see him. those that wait for him, shall he appear again unto salvation. Blessed be his name. There's a waiting for him, setting aside everything that is contrary to him. Bless you, Jesus. And he wants to deliver us from all those things that are held as captive. That, again that may t- take you to release them into his hands let them go forgive the situation forgive the person because until you do that that person has rule over your life well yes they do because every time you think about them, or they walk into a room and so forth, there's that angry feeling that comes upon you. Hatred. And that hatred is not of God. That captivity is not of God. Let's continue. Blessed be his name. Matthew five twenty. For I say unto you, unless the righteousness your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. You will no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. I have a question for you. What's the, what is the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees? What's the righteousness? Somebody tell me. The law, the law. yeah. Religion. It's an outward religion outward righteousness, but the Lord Jesus said, you're full of dead men's bold. You're, inside you stink to high heaven. All sorts of corruption within you. What he's saying is that you are as a dead corpse within. Within. Have you ever been walking along and all of a sudden you smell something and then you see some dead animal over there? It's not something you want to go and pick up and say, oh, poor thing. They stink to high heaven. That's what self righteousness is. That's what religion is. Let's continue. Revelation 19, verse 7 out of the Phillips translation. Let us rejoice, and let us be glad with all of our hearts. Let us give him glory, for the wedding day of the Lamb has come, and the bride has made herself ready. She may be dressed in linen, gleaming and spotless, for the righteousness the linen is the righteousness of the living uh, righteousness living of the saints the bride has made herself ready she has been clothed she has put on the Lord Jesus Christ she has made herself ready and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus is her Government. It's spotless. It's gleaming. It's linen. It represents the righteousness, the righteous living of the saints. And 1 Peter chapter 1, I just want to flip there just quickly. Starting at verse 14. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. But according as he which hath called you is holy. According to that one which is Cleo, which one has called aloud, called you by name. I don't know about you, but every time I see that word, it humbles me. Who am I? that he called me by name. I'm not that important. I hate to break this to you. You're not that important. But to him, he knows you and he called you by name. even with all of our bumps and warts and inefficiencies and insufficiencies, all of our filth, he laid hold of us when no one else wanted us. No one else would take us. He drew us to himself. Drew us to his bosom. Satan, I'll take that. We see a vivid picture in Revelation 14. He said he uh, went to the slave market of sin. He redeemed them. That word redeem there means to go to the slave market of sin and buy. To me, that's a very vivid picture and a very apt picture. We were slaves to sin. And he came and said, I'll take that one. No one else wants that one. I will take that one. That one is mine. I paid the price in full. That one's mine. And that one's mine. And that one's mine. mine. Blessed Jesus. Bless you, Lord God. He called... Who called you is holy so be holy again that's a commandment not a suggestion in all manners manner of conversation or behavior because it is written be ye holy for I am holy now whenever the Lord commands us to do something he also gives us the grace to fulfill it No matter what. He knows our downsending and our uprising. He knows our strengths, our weaknesses, or what we think are strengths. Sometimes our strength is, in fact, our greatest weakness because we think we can take care of it. Getting awful quiet out there. Wherever we think we can handle stuff, guess who's going to handle it? We are. How does that work out for you? I rest my case. I've come more and more to the conclusion, and it's taken a while, that I can do all things through Christ and not do squat without him. Well, blessed be his name. Be holy for I am holy. And that takes an everyday commitment, say, Lord, I want you promised me that that you will make me or allow me to be holy. That you will enable me to be holy. But when he commands, it's also the grace to do it because it's his word. See, he never, it's not in his nature to require something of you that he can't help you do and won't help you do. Well, blessed be his name. Revelation chapter 21, starting at verse 1. In chapter 20 we have the great white throne judgment. So this is after the judgment where he has called the people, open up the the Lamb's book of life and where you're either in the book or you're not in the book. Okay? So, verse 1, chapter 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea the new heaven doesn't need a sea the new earth doesn't need a sea because the sea divides us continuing and I John saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell, again, he shall tabernacle with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. The term of tabernacle from the Old Testament is where God came and manifested himself and showed himself. God showed up at the tabernacle in the most holy place. There was this ever uh, remembrance, this pillar of fire or pillar of smoke. Every day they knew God was with them and God was leading them. If the cloud stayed put, they stayed put. If the cloud began to move, it was time for them to pack up and move with the cloud. I think sometimes we need to realize that ourselves. Lord, I'm not going to go anywhere until I see your cloud move. Until your presence goes with me. Well, blessed be his name. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And the Lord shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more, no longer death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write these things... And write these words are true and faithful. Verse 6. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that as a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely, without payment, gratuitously, without payment. My God. Verse 7, hmm, it's interesting, as verse 7, that's the number of completeness. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be to him God, and he shall be to me my son. Hallelujah. The word is huos, full-grown, mature son. Amen. listen to this. But the fearful, the cowardly, the unbelieving, ones that are um, they will not believe. It's not that they cannot believe, they will not believe. And the abominable, the detestable ones, the pagans, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It says, these aren't in the city. Because of their choices, they have not inherited life eternal, but eternal suffering in the lake of fire. Chapter 22, starting at verse 14. King James says it this way, Blessed are those who do his commandments, for they shall have right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates uh, uh, into the city. The New Living Translation uh, says it this way, Blessed are those who, who wash their lo- robes, which is really the better translation. It's more accurate. They will be permitted to enter through the gates in, of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Outside the city are dogs, the sorcerers, the sexual immoral, murderers, idol worshipers, and all those who love to live a lie. The Phillips translation says it this way. Everyone who loves and practices a lie. you You not only can speak a lie, you can live a lie. Present yourself as one thing and you're totally something different. Well, let's continue here. Outside the city are dogs. The Taylor translation says it this way. Outside the city are those who have strayed away from God. Now let me say something right here. We're talking about the new Jerusalem. Whether, to me, whether it's a physical city or actually people. Because people make up the city. We're in the city of Novi. The city of Novi, if you take all the people away, all it is is a bunch of abandoned buildings. Understand what I'm saying? So what makes up the city is the people. Okay? But outside the city, those that are outside of the immediate presence of the Lord, those outside the city are not in hell. They're away. It's like those in outer darkness. They're out of the immediate presence of the Lord. So, how can all these various ones here, the dogs that are strayed away from, from God, those, those who have backslidden, or even worse, may have misrepresented the gospel of Christ? They are saved. The Lord forgave them of their sin, but they have wandered away from God. They're outside the city. They're in the new, he- new earth, but they're outside the city. I got a lot of question marks there. But the reality is, they have, in fact, chosen by their actions the Lord saved them. That's irrevocable. But where and how we spend our life here depends on whether we're outside or inside the city. See, there's there's three places. There's in the throne room, in Revelation four and five. Before the throne, and in the city. Okay, all of them are increasingly closer the radiance and greatness of our God. See, we've been told that, and there is no scriptural basis for it, that we're going to go off to heaven and he's going to build us a mansion and all these sort of things, and the streets are paved with gold and so forth. And if the city is literal, i have no problem with that. I still find it funny that he paves the streets with something that we hold so dearly. I've got $10,000 worth of gold. Well, that, that, that'll pay part of the, uh, a three-by-three three section. Because God doesn't value what we put so much value in. He values people. He values people that love him. He values people that want to be close to him. Let me just pose a question here. If we we can, you can either accept or reject what I'm saying and you can still make heaven your home and new heaven and new earth your home. Well, the thing is where are we going to be? Let's continue. Philippians 3:2 says, "Beware of the dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision." Those were the ones that said that those were the Judaizers that said that people had to be circumcised in order to be saved. They perverted the gospel. Word of God calls them dogs. Doesn't say they're unsaved. He calls them dogs. They have perverted the gospel. They have put forth that which God has not required. Blessed be his name. The sexually immoral. Matthew five twenty seven says. You have heard that it said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looked upon a woman to lust after her already committeth adultery with her in his heart. So it's not talking about a person that has actually committed adultery. But we kind of pass that over and say, well, woohoo, oh, look at her, oh, So you can, it's not a matter of seeing a a handsome man or a beautiful woman going by and say, no, they're beautiful, they're handsome. It's what you do after that. And I'll let you fill in the blank there. Lord Jesus, help us. So you could never have committed adultery physically and done it mentally, and that would put you outside the city if you had never asked forgiveness for it. See, these are all things that have not been repented of because they didn't think it counted. That God loves them and he knows our weaknesses and so forth. Yeah, he does, but he doesn't excuse our weaknesses. See, that's what we, that's the error. What Satan has sown is, that, go ahead and do all you want. His grace is sufficient. And yeah, his grace is sufficient, but his grace isn't license. We have a theology out there that preaches the fact that grace is licensed to sin because God will forgive you. Doesn't matter how you live, God is gracious and he wants to forgive and he will. God is gracious, but God is not stupid. He knows your heart. I do not want to try to take advantage of my God's love. Does that make sense? I hope so. I don't want to do anything. See, too many times I've, we've dealt with people that want to come and just kind of be just on the edge of not in the world but still of the world in their hearts. They know better to do whatever but they just like the whatever to hang right on the edge, right on the fence and See how close they can get to the things of the world without, without actually sinning. But the reality is, if you get close to the world, you're going to begin to smell like the world. Well, amen, Brother Chuck. Thank you. So you could be an adulterer in your heart, in your mind, without ever committing it. Unless you ask forgiveness of that and ask God to rid that, cleanse you of that, you may be outside the city, in heaven and on, that, on the new earth, but outside the city. Bless the Lord God, a murderer. Verse John 3.15 Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him eternal life really boils down to the fact of being in the presence of God. Close proximity of the presence of God. See, I'm, I don't know about you, but being, living in paradise isn't really sufficient for me. I want to live in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Can you understand what I'm saying? Can you see the difference? We've been sold a bill of goods that just accept the Lord Jesus Christ and you're going to heaven. Well, yes, that's true. But what they don't tell you is there is greater vistas than just being physically on the new earth. I want to be as close to him as he will let me be. And how much he'll let me be depends upon how much I seek his face here. How much I allow him to cleanse me. How much I put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody seeing what I'm saying? And some that aren't quite sure yet. That's okay. Idol worshipers. Next is 20 verse 3. It says... You shall have no other God before me, which includes fame, power, pride, money, anything we hold in greater esteem than God. That's an idol to us. Brother Chuck, you're being so rigid. No, I'm telling the truth. Are there things in our life that are more important to us than being in the presence of God. Think about that. His fame and fortune is getting promotion at work or whatever the case may be. Having 3,000 friends on Facebook. Is that more important to you than spending time with the King of Kings? I'm not saying you can't be in, on social media but just don't let it take the place of spending time with the one who's eternal. As much as we might love social media, it's passing away. I know, we, oh, it's expanding, as but the earth is passing away. This earth is not eternal. His earth is. All who love and live a lie. The fault witness will not go unpunished. He who speaks lies will perish. The word um, to make alive are those who um, are controlled and called are those that are constantly. They'd, they'd rather. I've met people that they'd rather lie than tell the truth. Anybody been there? Met people like that? Yes. But they want, they would, or they could live a lie. If you project yourself as being, well, all holy, holy, holy in church, and then people can't tell the difference between the world and you outside of church, hmm. could that be considered living a lie? See, the reality is that if you're any different outside the world than you are in here, something is not connecting. I'm not saying you have to go around carrying your Bible and thumping people over the head with them. But the, li- the very life of Jesus Christ should emanate from you. And that only comes from you spending time with him. We are to become the living word. The only way we become the living word is spend time with the author of the word. My God, help us, Lord Jesus. Who loves and makes maketh a lie. Oh, the sorcerers, I didn't look at that. Those are those that, um, I think I skipped that. No, I didn't either. But the sorcerers are those that try to control God or they try to manipulate people And if I said a Jezebel spirit, would you know what I'm talking about? Jezebel was the power, it was the wife, the queen, and she ran the show behind the scene. She manipulated her husband. That's called a Jezebel spirit, the spirit of manipulation. I think we all have had people within our lives that through. Cunning words and so forth manipulate us to do things we weren't planning. To do anybody know what I'm talking about? That's a Jezebel spirit. That comes from the spirit of sorcery. Its root word is drugs. But you could have had, you could have that manipulating spirit. And it would cost you being in the city. Not hell. See, some Some of these things, people don't realize they have. It's so naturally ingrained in their natural life, they may not realize it. And they don't spend time enough with the Lord to let him, the Holy Spirit, reveal it to them. See, I don't want to have anything between my Lord, myself and my Lord. I joined with David and said, search me, O Lord. See if there be any lawless or wicked way in me. And lead me in the path everlasting. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, my Lord. I think I'd. I know this has been a very sobering message, but I think it's something that we need to take some stock in our lives. Say, Lord, is there any wicked way in me, any lawless way in me? See, the fact is that it can be so ingrained within us that we don't realize it's there. us. I don't want anything within me that's could separate me, put me outside the sea. No anger or murder, or no, no, no anger in my heart, no lust within me. Nothing that would separate me. May have never acted on it, but it's not godly, and it's he said, I cannot draw iniquity to my bosom. Lord, you know our hearts. Know our down-sitting is in our uprisings. Lord, no, we ask truly that come, O Holy One. Speak to each heart, my God. Draw us afresh to you, my Lord. I think I want to spend some time with the Lord this morning. Search me and see if there be any wicked way. And please hear me. Because someone comes here, don't you start trying to figure out, oh, I wonder what they're coming for. That means you need to come. If you're judging them because they're coming, you need to be here. Let's come please. Let's spend some time with Him. Let him search us. Search me, O oh Lord. Blessed Jesus. thank you for your love and your grace to each one of us. And Lord, we ask truly that you would seal this word to our hearts. Lord, let it continue to work in and through us. Lord, we would, be, we would desire to be conformed to your image. To live in your presence and your purpose. On earth, my God. Not just in heaven. Lord, you've enabled us. You've graced us, my God. You've not called us to something that you want to enable us to do. Lord, let us lay hold of that enablement, that grace, that divine enablement, my God. God, you've called this precious people to a a close relationship to you. So we thank you, my God, for that. Lord, truly let us live in your presence, in your purpose, and for your glory. So seal the word to our hearts, my God. Let it bear fruit upward, my God, to your your kingdom's sake and for your glory. Bless this precious people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, bless you all.